Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. They're still there. We are still making fun of people here behind the scenes and we're good at it and we're mean and, and we're evil. And Carver Hodge has called me a bully. Uh, and, and that's not good. And we're going to look into that after the show today. All right, Carver High, what do you got on? Uh, are we going to go to the other side of the coin on, on McGuire? Now we've heard from Sammy Dracula Sosa. Yeah, we heard from Sosa before the top of the hour. Now let's hear from the Maguire side of things. Of course, long gone summer last night. First off from Maguire, Scotty, he's got no regrets at all about what happened in 1998. Why not? I regret, you know, doing it. I mean, the bottom line is if there was a drug testing back then, it would never happen. It would, that would have never happened. I don't encourage, I don't want anybody ever to, to follow any footsteps like that. But... Um, <laughs> It just, it just, it was a, yeah, it sort of sucks. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't sort of suck. You hit 70 home runs and it was the greatest time of your life. There is no getting around it. I mean, listen, we know Carver High, this guy hit home runs uh, his entire career. He was going to be a pitcher or whatever at USC, started hitting home runs. A guy hit home runs his entire career. He hit him in Oakland like crazy, Bash Brothers, and he hit him in St. Louis. The difference was, is that he juiced his head off in St. Louis and hit 70 of them. And, and then he acts like it sucked. Like, the whole, like, I can't believe that they came down on us for cheating. What else you well, got back, from him? <laughs> the backlash has been hard, that's for sure. Also last night from Long Gone Summer, courtesy ESPN, here's McGuire, Scotty, saying that 1998, you know, none of this stuff was illegal. Oh, wait. <laughs> I really would not have to really answer those questions because it's like, it's, it was one of those things that obviously turns out to be not a cool thing to do. And I actually asked for the company that I was with at the time that, that offered me um, that stuff to, uh, to back me up and help me out, and they declined. So I, had, I was, like, thrown out to the wolves. <laughs> you know, but it wasn't like I was the only guy in the locker room that had something in their locker. Isn't it great when everyone, listen, is, I always find it great when at the end of every kind of like controversy or problem, they still manage to throw a few people and teammates under the bus with them. It's like Sosa and McGuire both did it. Like I heard them both on that show, both unequivocally say, what are you, why are you blaming me? Everybody else was doing it. I mean, my teammates were all doing it. Everyone in the league was doing it. What are you blaming me for? They always find a way to pass the buck and to throw people under the bus. Carver, I, I know you've got uh, breaking news a little bit on, on uh, Rob Manfred. We do have a little bit of Rob Manfred news, of course. You were talking with Rick Harrow earlier about how they're going to have the show on ESPN tonight with all of the commissioners on it, the get back to sports. Rob Manfred is a part of it. And today, of course, the players wanted, you know, let's just show up and play. Tell us where to go. Well, he's not confident, Scotty, that there will be a 2020 season. He said, unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain that that's going to happen. So Manfred not sounding good here on a Monday, Scotty, for baseball. 
Well, I think that uh, he's starting to look like a fool uh, because last week he said he's 100% certain that they're going to play baseball. And then three days later, he's saying, I am not certain of anything. And it looks like we're not going to play baseball. I cannot even begin to uh, dive into the wrecking ball that this is turning into for this sport. I am telling you, I can promise you. That And our radio affiliates are joining us now. Good time to jump on. I am promising you, coast to coast on SportsGrid, that baseball will never be the same. It will never be the same as it is now or previously. They've had these problems before. This is not the first time we've had lockouts and strikes and problems with owners and players unions. This is not going to be the last time they have it either. I don't believe for one minute baseball is going away and that it's going to die and be in a grave. But I do believe that it'll never be the same. They are going to have, if they destroy this season, I can promise you that they're going to destroy next season too. They're going to have a labor war that is unprecedented in baseball. This is going to carry on from the summer of 20 into next season, 21-22, guaranteed more labor strife, more labor problems. And, and these sides, I told you at the beginning of the show, these sides hate each other's guts and they play like they don't to the media and to the fans that adore them. They play like they're all classy and that they are you know, handling things professionally and amicably and that they're dealing with lawyers and unions and owners and power and money. But what they all are is greedy as Pharrell. And I mean, inject swearing here. You know what I use Pharrell for? The word Pharrell, when I start using it, they're greedy as Pharrell. That means they're greedy as... Okay, so believe me, you, they will never recover from this. The fans will turn their backs on baseball more than 94, five times worse. They will turn their backs on baseball. They will never recover with fans if they do. They are so pathetic that they're doing this right now when there is a not only a pandemic around the world, but then... It's like, you know, they don't care for one second about the Black Lives Matter or injustice socially. Uh, they don't care about con- They don't care about anything. I can guarantee you they could care less about your march, protests, Black Lives Matter, anything else. They're all lying. All they care about is money. And they can't agree on who's paying for the pizza and who's paying for dinner. That's it. There is nothing else to say. Rob Manfred, I have said this a million times. He's an idiot. He's a horrible commissioner. And he's been horrible since he got the job. He's on his knees like a prostitute with these owners. I mean, he can't even play it off. He's so bad at his job. They should let me do it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.
all on Coast to Coast with you, uh, with Carver High Mafia, Joe Ranieri running in from South FLA with all of that gorgeous. <laughs> all right, Carver, are you ready to talk a little golf? Yeah, big weekend, Scotty. I enjoyed it. I thought the PGA had a really strong weekend uh, down at the Charles Schwab, the Colonial in Fort Worth. And your boy, Daniel Berger, coming away with the win. Nice effort by Berger. He walks away with $1.35 Cool for Daniel. Let's, Let's hear from him talking about the weekend as a whole, his big win, and everything that happened for the PGA. All right. Yeah, I think the PGA Tour did an unbelievable job. The, the staff at Colonial, the greenskeepers, everyone involved with making this tournament go uh, did an unbelievable job. Um, you know, it was a little different without fans, but uh, it didn't feel like uh, it wasn't a PGA Tour event. It still, you still felt that pressure. You still felt like there was so much on the line. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a little different, obviously, being, you know, five, six feet apart from everyone and, you know, not shaking hands at the end of the round. And, you know, obviously following social distancing, but, uh, you know, I thought they did a fantastic job and uh, the tournament was a huge success in my opinion. Yeah, I think it was uh, as well, Carver High, because uh, a couple of things uh, that nobody had problems uh, with the COVID. Uh, I thought that that's amazing. Now everyone's going to the PGA. How did you do it? Uh, same as the UFC. How did you do it? How were you able to pull it off? We need your guidance on this. I think that was a great thing for the PGA Tour in Monaghan, uh, without a doubt. The other thing I'd have to say is, you know, earlier in the show, we talked to Rick uh, Harrow about uh, Daniel Berger and about the Colonial. And I just want to say, look, I, I knew that the guy had injured his wrist because I was watching the tournament and I knew that they, you know, talked about Daniel Berger as the rounds went on. I watched Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right. And they talked a lot about him and how his game has evolved and how he's gotten better and better and better and better. But I'm just being honest. I don't believe anyone knows who that is. And I don't know who he is. And I know everybody in golf for the most part. But there are several, and this doesn't make any sense, there are new blood that is important, I think, to the vitality of the of the tour. I think it's crucial that new names and new players make names for themselves and, and make a charge and get involved and score low and win tournaments and beat the big names. If all we ever do is talk about Rory, and all we ever do is talk about DJ. And all we ever do is talk about Phil Mickelson. Phil turns 50, like, tomorrow. Like, Phil's, like, finished. We have to start talking. They, all they talk about is Tiger. I get it. Tiger's the greatest thing that ever happened to golf and Jack Nicholas. But let's face facts. We need Daniel Burgers. I never heard of the guy, ever. And, you know, Rick brought up his dad, Jay Burger, that played tennis. I never heard of his dad either. I mean, like, there's no one on the face of the earth that heard of either one of them. But now you've heard of him because he won that tournament. I thought it was great that he won it. And I thought it was great the other names that were on that leaderboard that you've never heard of before, that they were all there on Sunday trying to win that money. It was great. And I also thought it was good to see Spieth back playing well, even though he dropped off on Sunday. And Thomas, those are the guys people are used to talking about. I want to talk about new blood. That's what I thought was great about Colonial. Yeah, they had a good mix of young players and established guys that allowed people that were watching on TV the ability to really uh, focus in and have some fun with it. And when you have a playoff, Scotty, it doesn't matter who's in it. Even if it's guys you don't know, you're going to get locked in on a playoff. That was good for them. Another guy that you know and love, uh, Dr. Fauci, who has been missing in action for weeks. I mean, this guy was all over every television uh, for a long time, obviously, with what was going on with the coronavirus. He has appeared back this weekend, Scotty, and he approves of the NBA's return. He thinks it's a solid idea. Well, look, uh, you know, I hope he's right. And I've heard that, uh, you know, I know he believes in their plan. I know that Adam Silver and the league have been meticulous in their uh, details of how they're going to handle the bubble and Orlando and Disney and playing and the schedule and the teams. And I think they've organized it terrifically. Uh, We'll see if it plays out that way. I know that Uh, I don't think they were ready for that left-hand turn by the players, that they had their big uh, conference call on Friday, and the whole league full of players got together and started shouting out their opinions of of negativity toward Orlando, and some players are saying they're not going to go. But the league had even planned for that. The league had planned for guys saying, look, you don't have to go. 
We're not going to make you go. We're not going to force you to go. So I think that they did a, a, a really good job of covering all of their bases. And I do believe not only is Fauci impressed, I think most basketball fans are stoked that they're going to do it. That's all that matters to fans. Give me a beer and let me watch some rack. So I think that there's going to be basketball, which is a great thing. And then uh, I will say this. Fauci has said uh, it is not uh, a, a definitive thing that the second wave of the COVID is going to happen in the fall and in the winter. All these people are guaranteeing and saying it's going to come back in the fall and winter, that it's automatically going to happen. Fauci's also saying that's not accurate either, which is what I want to hear. I don't want to hear how we're going to go back to normal life here in late June and July and August. We're going to have NHL and NBA playoffs going on, and then we're going to have college football and pro football, and then we're all going to die I don't want to hear about it again. Oh, it's back. We're all going to get sick and die. I don't want to hear that. I want to move on. So if they're saying, oh, it's going to come back automatically, I don't want to hear it. But if they're saying there's a chance that it could just go on and we're going to be okay and everything's going to be fine and get back to your normal life, that's what people want. Everybody wants to get back to their normal life. Then there's idiots out there. I saw this chick in New York. I don't know if anybody's seen this. Some crazy chick, and she was, believe it or not, I guess from what I heard, she was in the uh, healthcare business at some point or another. She was in some bagel store and she was coughing all over people. And then somebody told her to put a mask on and she walked over to this woman that told her to put a mask on. And she like hockered in her face. Like, what are you doing? How much of a stupid ass do you have to be? I would have taken a bagel with cream cheese on it and I would have shoved it down her throat on the ground. And then I would have poured hot sauce on her and set her on fire. Can you do that in a bagel store, Carver High? I think she would have enjoyed that. She would have enjoyed that breakfast. That would have been a good breakfast for her. There you go. Uh, There's there's other young guys around the league. They're looking for insurance policies, whether it's Tatum, whether it's Mitchell. They're all looking for those things as well. Then you've got Patrick Beverly, Scotty. Patrick Beverly says if LeBron's playing, we all should be playing because you know what LeBron's after, Scotty. He's after another title, and there's guys around the league who want to keep that from happening. And Beverly's at the head of the list. There is no one more obsessed with stopping LeBron James and his aura than Patrick Beverly. If you remember when he shut him down at the end of uh, the second Clipper win over the Lakers, it looked like the greatest moment in Beverly's life. Like Beverly takes great pride in his defense, Carver High. And I know that the Clippers want a piece of the Lakers. They've admitted that. And I think a lot of people believe they're the only team uh, and the Bucs that have a shot at beating them. Uh, and, and I think a lot of people would agree or disagree that the Bucs can get it done or whatever. But I know people know what Beverly can do defensively, and he's proved it against LeBron and the Lakers. I mean, the league itself is on a surfboard right now. They can't get enough. They're running away. They're going to the Lakers all the way to the finals. Because the league, I mean, Ashley is lovers with LeBron and the Lakers. He can't get enough. Lakers. The whole television, network television, cable television, they all can't get enough. Lakers. Every little game plays on them. They're America's favorite team, without a doubt, in the NBA. They actually are, and you have Dwight Howard stuff on weekend. Honestly, his agent saying he's undecided. They're saying that there's no rift. Let's just be fair, Scotty. Dwight Howard, whether he plays or he does, doesn't really matter for the league. No, and I think is what matters. You're right. And I'll say this. that has had the best uh, renaissance of his career playing on this team for one reason. He got his mouth shut. So here's some advice for him. Coming from me, it's hard because I got a big mouth. But Dwight's to shut the Pharrell up. No one wants to listen to Dwight Howard. It reminds them of the Dwight Howard reputation that he built over the last decade and a half that he's an idiot. Everyone can't stand him wherever he plays. He's been shipped to 15 teams because they can't stand Dwight opening his mouth. Shut up and rebound and block shots and finish and around the rim, get the ball in the hole and dunk and grab rebounds. Shut your mouth. I mean, that's the bottom line. No one wants to hear from Dwight Howard at all. No one. Nobody wants to hear from him. Absolutely not. I know you're excited about Tom Thibodeau being the next coach of the Knicks, possibly. His boy Steve Clifford, the magic coach, says everybody stop bagging on him. Listen, uh, Clifford has the proof in the pudding. He worked with him as an assistant for over a decade on Van Gundy staffs. And I know for a fact, uh, he said, like, every player that he was ever around liked him. A couple of bad apples didn't like him. Uh, there's always people that don't like others or coaches. But Clifford said most players that he saw over a decade and a half loved Thibodeau. And his reputation as being this mean guy is a bunch of BS. 
Jason Stewart, your Sports Grid News and betting update. You want that capping edge, you got to get on the grid. We got breaking news from baseball. Commissioner Rob Manfred now walking back his certainty of a 2020 season. The commission saying he is not confident in a campaign as long as there's no dialogue with the MLBPA. Earlier last week, he said 100% baseball, man. It's a guarantee it's going to be played. He said also today it's a disaster for our game, and he stated they need to find a way to get back on the field for the benefit of the fans. The most recent coronavirus outbreak in the NFL has left multiple coaches fearful of the situation. One unnamed coach described the situation as scary, according to ESPN. Another thinks they should delay the start of the season, while a third questioned the wisdom of playing during a pandemic. Players from the Houston Texans and Dallas Cowboys have tested positive for COVID-19, including Dallas star running back Zeke Elliott. Despite this, Elliott says, hey, I'm feeling fine. Saints head coach Sean Payton and Denver linebacker Vaughn Miller already had COVID-19, and none of them have reportedly believed to have visited team facilities. The NFL still working under the assumption that the regular season will kick off as planned September 10th. Oklahoma State running back Chuba Hubbard has uh, threatened to cut, t- cut ties with the Cowboys after seeing head coach Mike, one, Mike Gundy wear a America One News shirt. Hubbard is the reigning Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. He rushed for an NCAA high 2,094 yards and 21 TDs in 2019. Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn throwing in his support behind his players if they choose to protest during the 2020 season. A handful of teams have followed suit. Last week, Houston, Texas coach Bill O'Brien says he intends to kneel alongside his players. New Orleans safety Malcolm Jenkins joining CNN as a national affairs commentator among ongoing racial and social justice throughout the United States. In hoops, thanks to an agreement between the NBA and NBA PA and to prorate players' bonus performances, the final three years at $95 million on Philly star Joel Embiid's $148 million max contract now fully guaranteed. He'll make $29.5 next year, $31.5 in 21-22, and $33.6 million in 22-23. The WNBA finalizing plans to hold a 2020 season in Florida. That campaign's going to consist of 22 regular season games, followed by a traditional playoff format. Utah Jazz center Ed Davis says he's in favor of returning to action and playing in the NBA. Davis also taking a shot at Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard, saying it's easier for a guy like Irving to give everything back to social reform. Will he? And Dwight Howard said, uh, yeah, he said on Dwight Howard, yeah, it's easy to say that, buddy, when he's sitting in his $20 million mansion in Atlanta. <laughs> Shots fired. Hall of Fame forward Charles Barkley also against canceling the remainder of the season. Barkman, he says, hey, out of sight, out of mind, and noticeably, there will be some dents in their wallets if they don't play. Patrick Beverly of the Clippers, probably the best response. Hey, if LeBron says we hooping, we hooping. In baseball, the New York Yankees, MLB, and MLB Advanced Media have appealed to the U.S. Court of Appeals about a federal judge's order to unseal a 2007 letter that can link them to sign stealing. Uh, MLB found out that the Yankees were guilty of minor infractions in 2017, but the lawsuit stated the letter proves otherwise. The same investigation disclosed the Boston Red Sox used an Apple Watch to relay signs, but specific details of New York scheme not revealed in breaking news in golf. PGA Championship will not be held uh, with fans, but it will be held August 6th to 9th in Harding Park. I'm Cam Stewart. That's your news update. Now back to Scotty Farrell on Coast to Coast. How about that guy, Cam? Hey, Cam, do you, uh, uh, like, now that you've heard Manfred, do you think that we're going to have no baseball season at all, that it's over? I actually believe they're going to, after today, it's now or never, Scotty. I think they're going to have a season, a real short season. I think they're going to find a way. The owners have been playing these guys for chumps the whole time. They're going to have to back down and go, you know what? we got to have a happy middle ground here. I just think there's too much to lose, buddy. It's going to be a shortened season. I do think they'll play. I'll take playing a season as a pooch right now versus non-playing. <laughs> <laughs> so you, do you think that? So you think that um, that Manfred saying, I, you know, what he said today, that he doesn't think uh, that they're going to play for, after last week saying 100% they were going to play, and now what he's saying today, you think he's just playing a game, or do you think – so you actually believe they're still going to cut a deal when they couldn't agree on anything. They've even said that uh, if they won't agree to uh, uh, sign a waiver that says they won't file a grievance against him and sue him, uh, that they're not going to play, and you still believe they're going to play. Honestly, Scott, at the start, I thought they weren't going to play. And then I was thinking the whole time the owners are giving these guys bogus proposals. Like, it, it's a joke, actually. They're throwing it back in their faces. I think they're going to bend and break, and we're going to have a short season. That's the prediction. Right when you think it's over, buddy, it's going to flip the other way. And lastly, real quick, uh, the, we know Vegas is the Eastern hub. What do you know about the rumors about Toronto being the Western hub? 
I don't think it's a good idea, to be honest with you. I'd put two cities in the United States with the Canadian quarantine. There's still coronavirus situations here. Hell, have it in Columbus. I really don't care. And if you really wanted to be smart, you know where you'd put it? You'd put it in Edmonton. Great ice, great facilities, a million other places to go. I'm telling you, I think Edmonton would be that place, Scotty. Toronto is uh, where headquarters are. It could happen, but I wouldn't pick Toronto. I'd pick Edmonton. If you want to do two in the States, you do Los Angeles, you do Vegas, and put that in your pipe and smoke it. There you go. And his boy, Moran. NC is now living in the Paris of Canada in Vancouver, a beautiful city. All right, Cam, I love you. Good stuff. (laughs) Have a good one, buddy. Have a good show, guys. brother. All right, you're the man. Cam Stewart with us. Uh, Real quick, I just want to throw this uh, at both the guys. Uh, Mafia, do you believe that they're going to have a baseball season? I do. I think that Major League Baseball is still going to pull this trump card that they have out and say, you know what, we're forcing you to play 40 to 50 games is when you show up, just like the players said this weekend that they expected to happen. I don't know what this talk now all of a sudden these posturing about not being 100% confident is all about. And uh, Carver High, you think they're going to play baseball or not? I do not. I think that they're all idiots. I don't think they're going to play. There, there's no way. <laughs> uh, I just don't see it. They're both stupid. That's what it comes down to. We're going to pick it up. Where are we going to pick it up here? I think we should pick it up with one of your favorite guys, and that, of course, is Greg Popovich, your boy, who is always outspoken about everything. Isn't he, Scotty? Well, this time he decided to turn his attention towards uh, the NFL. You love Greg Popovich, and now he's on uh, He's on after uh, Trump. He's been after everybody. Now the NFL, Scotty. He's going after Goodell. Is there any topic that Greg Popovich won't talk about, Scotty? I think we have a, a grabbing. Here we go. Smart man is running the NFL, and he didn't understand the difference between the flag and what makes the country great. All the people who fought to allow Kaepernick to have the right to kneel for justice. The flag is irrelevant. It's just a symbol that people glom onto for political reasons. Goodell got intimidated when Trump jumped on the kneeling, and he folded. A huge interview in uh, the New York Times with uh, Popovich, and obviously uh, he has always been massively outspoken uh i you know i won't deny uh i find it at times listen i i know guy's a great coach i'm never going to argue with that i think he's done a phenomenal job in the nba in san antonio and with usa men's basketball uh, i think he's been incredible for the sport there's no denying it but i think he's uh, very painful uh with his with his politics he is clearly uh just dabbling like the guy i mean you'd think uh, he he talks so much about politics and stuff going on in the world which is his every right everyone has the right to talk about whatever they want i gotta tell you though it just it bothers me from the standpoint of listen you know the old uh adage stay in your lane like, bro, you're an NBA basketball coach. You coach the San Antonio Spurs. Let's stay out of the White House. Let's stay out of the left, the right, the politics. It, it just constantly uh, going off on political rants, and I find it painful. And I get it. Everyone has the right. Every walk, race, every person has a right to say whatever they want. But, like, you know, if you're an NBA coach, I, I want to hear about basketball. That That's what you do for a living. That You get paid handsomely to be an NBA coach. You're not getting paid to go on Fox News or CNN to give your political ramblings. I just I find him painful. And then, then, you know, now he's in The New York Times doing a a gigantic piece about who doesn't this guy rip? I mean, he rips everybody. He literally rips. He has ripped at the White House. He's ripped the president. He's ripped. Now he's ripping Roger. What what, he's crossing over into different sports now. What's next? He's going to give me uh, cricket advice, hockey advice. How about my wedge game? How about how about he calls me and tells me where to golf with Haro on Father's Day? Like, bro, just stick to basketball, USA basketball and the Spurs. Shut up. Honestly, you're painful. I know it's I'm painful, as, too. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> it's not his wedge game, Scotty. I heard that Greg hits a good iron. So it's the iron that oh, you that want right? to get work. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, <laughs> the iron is where you want to go with Greg, not his wedge game. He's not good at that. All right. uh, several players today, Scotty. Cowboys, Texans, tested positive report, reportedly for coronavirus, including Zeke Elliott, who didn't seem too happy about it on social media that that news got out. Um, Scotty, I understand that we're still a couple months away here from the season starting, but what happens when you get a report like this in uh, you know late July? early August and we're getting close to the start of the season. Well, it's scary, and it obviously is a problem, and uh, no one's going to want to admit it. I mean, first of all, I'm a little sketchy on 
Uh, Zeke Elliott. Uh, it's funny. He never has a problem when everybody's talking about how famous he is or how big his contract is or how much money he's making or that he's the best running back in the NFL or that he's the man. But he never likes it when he's got problems off the field with his life and uh, his everyday uh, comings and goings. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like anybody talking about his lifestyle and the, and the poor decisions he's made. And then now he doesn't want anybody talking about his health. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, most people, if you're honestly, uh, if you're an everyday uh, layman, everyday person, everyday Joe, whatever, no one cares about your health status publicly anyway. But when you're as famous as Zeke Elliott is and you come down with the COVID, it's going to be everybody's news whether you like it or not. So he should just calm down. Who cares what he thinks? I mean, the bottom line is if all these players keep getting COVID, uh, the NFL season will be in jeopardy. The NFL season will have problems. And so will my Steeler season tickets. I am worried about uh, football. I'm worried about Everything. Players getting it. All these college football players are getting it left and right. We've been talking for days on this show about college football players coming down with it all over the place. Oklahoma State, Texas, you name it, Alabama, Clemson, it's everywhere. And so uh, I think it's a, uh, a huge problem that nobody really wants to admit or talk about right now because it is festering still. And people are more worried about, obviously, protests and things that are going on that have distracted people from the realities of this uh, pandemic. No one wants to talk about the pandemic. Everybody just wants it to go away. Yeah, absolutely. It's where the focus has definitely shifted. And one of the other things that gets talked about a lot is the kneeling. And we've got several kneeling stories for you today, Scotty, including uh, the president says he will not watch if there is kneeling. You've got J.J. Watt, who's made his opinions known about it. And you've got Baker Mayfield, who absolutely will be kneeling and doesn't care what the fans think about it. Well, first of all, uh, you know, he's so overrated, it's not even funny. He was a disaster last year, so no one cares if Baker Mayfield kneels or flies a kite, for that matter. Uh, you know, the best thing I heard from him recently was that he promised us he was going to shut his mouth and just play football. But he can't do it because he's always been uh, immature and an idiot. He was an idiot at Oklahoma. He was an idiot before that, before he transferred to Oklahoma. He acted like an idiot at Oklahoma. And in the NFL, he's been an idiot. And no one can even argue it. Uh, and he's opened his mouth, and he just continues to blabber. Then a week and a half ago, he said he wasn't going to talk anymore. He's all about playing football, no more talking. And what does he do a week later? Now he's doing all of his political ramblings and talking about kneeling. Now, I'm all for people kneeling and protesting peacefully. I was all for Colin Kaepernick when he knelt. I had no problem with it because I understood I'm not stupid. It was about police brutality. And then you got the rest of these morons that think, including the president, who's another moron, he thinks that it's about the flag. I mean, how stupid are you? After a while, you just have to wonder. I mean, honestly, we got an idiot running the country. And then all these people that think it's about the flag, you can screw off, too, because it wasn't about that. It was about police brutality. It's as simple as that. Like, get a clue. And then four years later, all hell breaks loose in this country because, once again, cops kill people for no reason at all. And they killed George Floyd for no reason at all. And they're all a bunch of losers. J.J. Watt makes his position clear on, on kneeling. Good for you. Baker, go ahead, kneel. Kaepernick should get signed. Uh, I do not believe, though, that uh, NFL teams owe Colin Kaepernick a job. I think that he should get a job if he gets a workout and earns it. The last time he had a workout, he didn't do what he said he was going to do, which was follow the league's workout plan and the schedule to have the media there and have everyone see his pro day, whatever you want to call it. But he went and did his own thing and said, I don't listen to anybody. That's his problem. He never listens to anybody. So that's why they don't want to deal with his ass. That's what it's about. So if he gets a workout with a team and earns a job, I'm all for it. But nobody owes him jack just because of what he did four years ago. I don't want to hear it. You brought this up with Haro real quick before we hit the break. Colorado, FanDuel, Denver, Broncos got a partnership now. Scotty, if you're a new better in Colorado, they're going to give you the Broncos week one against the Titans plus 30. How about that on FanDuel? I love it. I think it's great that uh, FanDuel has cut a deal with the Broncos. 
I agree with Rick Haro. I think that uh, the NFL and sports betting, it'll be in every stadium within five years. Sports betting is not going away. It's getting bigger. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down, and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell, back on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid, and all of our radio affiliates are with us everywhere around the country. Carver High Mafia, Joe Ranieri with me. Uh, Carver High, what do we got? A little situation, a little uh, scary Lamar Jackson situation. You can't have this. I've got multiple choice for you. Who was more upset after having their breakfast yesterday morning watching this video? Was it uh, John Harbaugh? Was it uh, Ravens ownership? Was it Ravens fans? Here's some video, Scotty, of Lamar Jackson playing a little little beach football. Uh, little Lamar getting it go. done on the beach. I got to see this to believe it. <laughs> Watch Lamar take off here. So he goes Lamar. back. He's dropping back. Look at him go. Great move. It's the Lamar you know and love. Oh, nice and then move, though. Cross Lamar, 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 the jet ski, Lamar. Look out for the jet ski. Oh, Look at him jump God. over. Jesus, watch his knees. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Scotty, I mean, what is, is that? Next? Is what that is what it? you is want it? your quarterback doing? <laughs> no. Uh, how about all of the above is the answer. Listen, uh, what's next? He's going to go to the Swiss Alps skiing, vertical deep uh, uh, powder skiing in an avalanche. I mean, uh, you got to calm down, bro. What are you doing? Superstar, NFL quarterback, MVP. Guy's an absolute freaking badass, and he's out there crashing into jet skis on a beach. I got to say, though, I liked his shorts. They were fantastic. No, his gear was great. It's just, um, you know, somebody's going to have to sit down with Lamar when they get to training camp and say, could you not play football on the beach with the jet skis right over there? How about not play I at all? I guarantee it. How about that? I guarantee <laughs> it. They're going to they're gonna have that conversation. I guarantee you that's the last uh, beach uh, football game he's playing. Uh, you know that I love T.O. Scotty. He's one of my favorites. The one year in Buffalo is a year that I cherish uh, more than ever, the year that he came up to the B-Low and played a little wide receiver. But he says that he was blackballed out of the NFL, and he says that he did experience racism as well, particularly from Steve Mariucci. Let's hear T.O. from TMZ Sports. Here we go. Bro, I'm nine years removed from the league, and I guarantee you I can put my money where my mouth is that I can still play right now. I felt like I got blackballed at the league. I could have, I still continued to play, yeah. but because I was outspoken, because of who I was, I didn't, I wasn't allowed the opportunity, given the opportunity. But like I said, because I was outspoken, because of who I was, and because of some of the coaches that said things behind closed doors and, and got in the ears uh, of these owners, that's why I wasn't able to really continue on with my career. Like I said, and to me, that was systemic racism. Like I said, I could have, I experienced it when I was in San Francisco. Under Coach Mariucci. Bro, I experienced it. Trust me. Yeah. I experienced it. I got to tell you, that's almost like, uh, it's literally, it sounds like he's accusing Steve Mariucci and his staff of being racist. The other thing I wanted to uh, point out real quickly was, 
And Mafia can confirm this based on uh, he's worked out with me a lot and he's kicked me before across the gym uh, doing MMA workouts. Mafia, did you notice the similarity between uh, T.O.'s abs and mine? I mean, it just looks so similar to me, my body and his. It just it's so it's alarming how uh, alike we are in terms of physique and body. I have a 12 pack as well. But you can tell with the women that chase me around that I have that same kind of body as T.O. Listen, it's like your brother's from another mother. Like if you just you know the shade different on the skin there, it's like perfectly right there. You, I mean, I didn't. I had to take a double take and make sure it wasn't you in the picture. All right, so uh, let's talk about the UFC over the weekend in Vegas. I actually, Mafia was impressed with uh, Cavio. I thought. Uh, she kicked Jessica I's ass, and I thought she did it uh, very smart. I thought she used her jab, and I thought her multiple takedowns, uh, she had this thing wrapped up by the third round. I mean, I just kept waiting and waiting and waiting and never did anything. All she did was get executed upon. Yeah, listen, this was a questionable card coming in. There weren't a lot of big names for a lot of people. You know, they have like three or four people on the card miss weight. Ray Borg pulled out Lake's issues with his son. But, you know, it was one that ended up good. They had like three fights in the undercard that were all ended within the first minute of the opening round. So it was incredible action there. Slowed down a little bit on the main card with a lot of decisions. But Cavill looked great. You know, moving up in weight because she had problems with weight herself at this lower division, fighting Jessica I, who missed weight for the second time in a row for her, but it was still like the number one contender in that division. She held in her business. She came in, she took the back a couple times, like for over two minutes in the second and fourth rounds, just controlled her, had her back, you know, took her down just about every round, used that nice one two combination to get her strikes in there and get her points and control the whole fight. So uh, they have another card, same thing, free fight night card this Saturday in Vegas at the Apex. Is that about right? That is. You have uh, Curtis Blades and Alexander Volkov, the heavyweights, get in there. The big boys get in there swinging in the smaller cage. And we'll see how that ends up. Should be a lot of uh, pummeling going on on Saturday night. All right. So are you believing for one minute this talk about Amanda Nunez saying she's already done it all and she's contemplating retirement? I don't trust any fighter that says this anymore. Listen, who isn't contemplating retirement right now in the UFC? That seems like anybody who has a belt that isn't getting paid what they think is saying that they're willing to hang it up. And as far as all of them go, I would, you know, maybe consider hers the most reasonable, the most, you know, logical, though, because like she said, well, what else do I have? Like, there isn't anybody else in that division or either of those divisions for the most part that she hasn't taken care of. There isn't a challenger out there. He's saying, oh, this might be the one that can dethrone her. She's taken two belts. She's defended both belts. The only person to do that in the UFC history. She's the greatest women's fighter so far that we've ever seen. So what is there out there right now that's a big challenge for her? Unless she gets a big payday, is it worth it? Probably not. And lastly, Masvidal says Dana's strong-arming negotiations. So same thing here. It's all about contracts and money and people threatening retirement. Do you believe the fighters or do you believe Dana? I believe the fighters. And I believe they're in a you know no-win situation because this is how it's always been. Yeah, sure, of course he's strong-arming. That is what happened in all of sports. The people who own it push around the people that work for them unless they get together and have some kind of you know negotiating power. And even then, look at the NFL negotiations, what, uh, almost 10 years ago, where the owners just pushed them around and forced them into what they wanted in their CBA. Or baseball, you know, that has a little bit more power as far as the players go, and we're seeing that now fighting back with the owners. But for the most part, you can't do it alone. You know, you can't have a situation in fighting like they do where the UFC is there and they hold all the cards. If these fighters want to have some power, they want to have some pushback, they need to do what they've done in every other sport and unionize. They need to get together and bargain together collectively and have a union do the business instead of just going one-on-one against Dana White because it's never going to work. They hold all the cards and all the money. There you go. They're going to have, uh, they'll be just like the baseball players, uh, union and, and the owners. They'll just never play. All they'll do is, uh, argue year round. All right, Carver. Hi, where do we go now? We're going to do Ohio state university of Houston, Kirk Ferentz. Where are we headed? Yeah. Let's serve in volley here a little bit. How about Ohio state sky? They're going to make their players sign waivers, coronavirus waivers. You all right with that? Well, I think that uh, parents, uh, and I believe this, that people believe, uh, A, their kids are in uh, danger. They're worried about that. So I I think they're like, you know, uh, what's going to happen to my kid when they go back to play football or what have you? So there's concern. And then I think there's other individuals that realize that if something happens to my kid, I'm going to sue Ohio State and make a lot of money. I think there are people out there that are evil, uh, that uh, look at this as an opportunity to make money. And if uh, my kid goes to play football and gets sick, I'm going to sue you and make money. And I believe that goes both ways.
Yeah, you mentioned Houston before. They had a couple of athletes test positive for COVID, so they've shut down all of their activities, all the offseason activities for all of their sports. University of Houston has done that. Kirk Ferentz has been in the news a lot. Iowa has been in the news. They've let go of that strength and conditioning coach, Chris Doyle. But here's Ferentz, Scotty, talking about how he feels like he's let some of his black players down. All right. I feel like I let those players down by not creating that environment where they did feel comfortable and sharing more about their experiences, bringing that to our attention while they were here. I know our coaches feel the same way, and we're committed to making sure that never happens again. I'm surprised uh, that there hasn't been, and I know he's been there forever, and he's had a long uh, career in Iowa City, and people obviously like him. There's so many people that like him, apparently, that no one, I haven't heard one person uh, at all say he should be fired. Uh, through this entire race controversy at, at Iowa, at the University of Iowa. It's amazing to me. Like anywhere else, uh, you you have all that racism going on on your football staff. You're going to get whacked. How is it that no one's talked about that with Kirk Ferentz? It truly is amazing to me. And then he admits, well, we've let all these kids down. We're going to try to do better. And I guess that's good enough for people. It's not good enough for me. Two races in a row for you, Scotty. You had Denny Hamlin at Homestead yesterday in the NASCAR win. How about that? I love it. That's plus 1000 So I'm up uh, $1,650 <laughs> on two NASCAR races. And I never watch NASCAR ever, but I go to NASCAR infields and get naked. Uh, Dale Jr. doesn't know how many more of those Xfinity races he's going to run. I've got to be honest, Scotty. Dale Jr. will run in the- <laughs> He ran one in 19, and he ran one uh, the other day uh, at Homestead. And he admitted afterwards that he's, uh, he, and not so many words, he didn't say this, but what it meant in Portuguese was he's sick hard of it, and he's on. I was finished uh, racing with the amateurs. Now, a big question here. We do have a graphic of your friend, Lionel Messi, you love so much. And over the weekend, La Liga got into the mix and shaved off the beard. See, how about oh. Messi now? Which one? What do you prefer? Do you like the oh. clean shave or the Messi with this? I got to tell you, I actually, I'm going to go unbearded, clean shave. He looks better. I like that sweater. I think that jersey's awesome. I get a C's hat. I think it's way better. I think with beardy, he looks like a, like, I don't know, a Spanish professor or something. Boring. Clean shaven. He looks like you, Carver High and Mafia. Both of you guys clean shaven right now. I've seen you, Mafia, uh, with the beard. Uh, terrible. I've seen you, Carver High, with the beard. Uh, you look homeless. Awful. Go with clean shaven. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and I think I prefer the clean-shaven look as well on Messi, so we got that there. And how about, I know that you're excited, Wednesday, Scotty, we are here, Premier League, Wednesday, two games, and then a full Saturday. Are you pumped? Listen, I'm going to watch every single game, and I'm going to tape the ones that I can't watch live so that I can watch them uh, delayed. I, I think the Premier League's the greatest thing ever. Like, I've said this on the show a million times, it kicks the MLS's ass. You can't even compare them. It's like uh, heaven and hell. I, I just think the Premier League sets the standard. In fact, I think it's way better than the Bundesliga and La Liga combined. The Premier League is the greatest football in the world, hands down, no questions asked. Now, who is your favorite you know, uh, athlete children? Who is your favorite athlete children? Because I saw this in USA Today. Is it Ken Griffey Jr.? Is it Peyton Manning? Who is who is at the top of the Scotty Farrell uh, athlete children list, if you had to think of one off the top of your head? Well, I saw this uh, list, and I think that, uh, you know, they ignored uh, Eli Manning, who won more Super Bowls than his brother. He won two, and he beat Brady twice to do it, and Belichick, so he gets ignored, so this list sucks. And secondly, uh, I think uh, Ken Griffey Jr. should be number two, without a doubt, and Barry Bonds shouldn't be there because he cheated for all of his numbers. And then, uh, I guess, like, you know, Steph Curry, he's better than his dad. Uh, like the, the child, the dad didn't even matter. So uh, the whole list is terrible, and no one cares about Layla Ali. <laughs> all right, here, really fast. Crazy death, blotter, all that stuff. A Colorado State player gets arrested. They thought that he was part of Antifa, Scotty. The Antifata. <laughs> <laughs> Young United States men are having a lot less sex in the 21st century. That sounds like an issue. Yeah, listen, uh, I, listen, I had action going on this weekend. That's all I have to say. I had a lot of action going on around here. You'll get some leg tonight for sure. Tell us how you do, Uncle Food Trelly. Check it out.
Governor Cuomo says he's going to shut down some places in Manhattan and the Hamptons if they don't follow those social distancing rules. Maybe they should worry about Central Park yesterday when they were arresting all the nude sunbathers. <laughs> and, and there you go. Finish it up with the Central Park sunbathers, Scotty. No masks, no trunks. What's going on over there? I got to tell you, everybody's laying out nude, uh, people breaking the law, having outdoor parties on the sidewalks next to bars. Nothing but problems in the big city. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Pharrell back with you. Uh, Carver High Mafia, Joe Ranieri, and all of our radio affiliates across the country on C2C. That's Coast to Coast to You, son. Stay focused. It's time for another exciting edition of This Day in Sports. Here we go. 1974, teenager Chris Everett wins the French Open for the first of a record. Seven French singles titles at Roland Garros. Et la in 75, Bjorn Borg, I love Borg, repeats as French Open champion. 77, oh, what an awful day. The Mets trade Tom Seaver to the Reds. He went on to win 75 games for the Reds in five and a half seasons. Terrible. What a horrible deal. In 80, Jack Nicholas sets a new U.S. Open scoring record to win his fourth U.S. Open title. In 84, Thomas the Hitman Hearns retains his WBC light middleweight title with a ferocious second round knockout of Roberto Duran. First time he was KO'd in his career. In 80, Seven Michael Spinks TKO's my pal gentleman Jerry Cooney in the fifth round for the heavyweight title. In 97, Ernie Ellis wins his second U.S. Open title, uh, the second of his four major championships by just a stroke. In 01, the Lakers defeat the Sixers to win the NBA Finals in five games. The Lakers posted a 15-1 record of the NBA playoffs for an NBA record. Shaq was the MVP of the Finals for the second consecutive season. In 03, the Spurs beat the Nets for the NBA championship. Tony Parker and Ginobili become the first from their respective countries to win an NBA championship. Championship. In 03, Jim Furyk wins U.S. Open for his only major title. 04, Pistons beat the Lakers four games to win to win the finals. 2011, Bruins beat the Canucks in Game 7 to end the Bruins' 39-year cup run, and Vancouver set their city on fire. 2014, Martin Keimer leads the U.S. Open wire to wire to win his second major in uh, an eight-stroke fashion. In 2014, the Spurs win their fifth NBA championship by beating the Heat in five games. Kawhi, the MVP. 2015, Blackhawks beat the Lightning to give the Blackhawks their sixth Stanley Cup championship overall 2016. Ichiro gets his 4,257th hit as a major leaguer, counting his time in Japan in the U.S. This moves him ahead of Pete Rose for the all-time mark and brings him within 21 of the Magic 3,000 club in the U.S. And he didn't cheat and do drugs or bet on baseball. Hey, great job. Garber, I'm Avi, Joe Ranieri, I'm Pharrell. Game time decisions next. Check out. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.